Hi, Stu. Hi, Glad. How are you? Today on the podcast, we do a puppet show. Except it's, uh, there's no visuals. It's just the voices. Hi, all. And we're going to basically do the same voice. So you can't tell what character is which. <laughs> that, that's All our that policy. And so much more <laughs> on today's podcast. Today's actually a really great podcast. If you're following what's going on with January 6th, it's crazy. Yeah, it really crazy. Is. We also touch on the economy, something I'm doing on a, a TV tonight on the Wednesday night special. I'm explaining exactly what's going on with the economy. It is remarkable. Remarkable. You don't want to miss a second of it. Brought to you by Relief Factor. If you're in pain, please get out of pain. Oh, uh, yeah, really easy for you to say, oh, look at the Muppets back. <laughs> Are you in pain? My back hurts. Yeah. Ouch. Okay, see? What do I do? I don't want to take some of those medicines that can create habits and, and habit-forming wow. medications. Have you tried Relief Factor? No, I have not. What here, is Relief Factor? Take the Relief Factor. It, here, just try some. Wow. It still it tastes great. And it's less filling. And no, it uh, solved my back problems. There you go. And, uh, there still is a hand up my butt, though. <laughs> well, Does it get rid of that? No. Uh, relief Factor. Feel the difference. Call Relief Factor now at 800, the number four. Relief, 800, the number four. Relief, relieffactor.com. Yay! You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Dude, tell me what you know about the guy who says I had sex with Tucker Carlson from the past, not what you know now. Well, I had never uh, heard of a guy Obama. having sex with T- Tucker Carlson, and so that's a it's a <laughs> another breaking news story. Well, we'll get to that one in a little in a little while. Believe me, the press will pay attention to that one. Um, uh, no, I, I, mean, I will with, say I've completely ignored the story. You've completely ignored. Completely the story. ignored it. Everything you, don't you remember tell me, this story. It, I sort of remember the headlines never really cared about it okay uh i so everything you were about to tell me is new information okay so Stu has a very selective memory and uh this is one this is a story that <laughs> it wasn't me was it uh because that would be yeah okay it was oh, you wow. <laughs> See, it is, you i told remember. you all new information all that crack yeah. all that crack. you know when you're on crack you forget a lot of things uh, okay so anyway um this is a story that back in 2007 2008 somewhere in that area this story surfaced, and it is a guy who says, no, I had sex and smoked crack with Barack Obama. Now, these were the days where those things were crazy. I mean, I know they're run-of-the-mill today, (laughs) but back in the old days, we didn't have presidents that were smoking crack and having gay sex that we know of. What do you think? What do you think that tall hat on Abraham Lincoln was? Hmm? Crack pipes. Anyway, uh, so I remember this coming out and we had no verification of anything. We never talked about it because we were we looked and I think I even said on radio at one point, guys, guys, we don't have to go to the gay sex crack pipe thing. There's enough on the Marxist front. And we were in the midst of fighting the Jeremiah Wright fight that the media also dismissed. Okay, they dismissed absolutely everything about Barack Obama because he was their candidate. Now, 
I have long forgotten about the gay sex thing with Barack Obama. Uh, But the man who's, I mean, it was a magical evening for him. He hasn't forgotten. Now, the reason this is a story today is because Barack Obama's old girlfriend received a letter from Barack Obama when they were dating and then they broke up. And I think this letter might have had something to do with it, where he talked about thinking about having sex with men all the time. And uh, I mean, she just didn't think that that was, you know, her cup of tea. Uh, You know, she they had a lot in common. She also thought about having sex with men, uh, but didn't like her boyfriend to be thinking that way, apparently. So nobody in the press even asked her about it. That she's just turned over the letter because I don't even know who looked into it. Somebody looked into it and and started going through and they found this trail led to her. Then the letter was produced and we now know. So this guy is going to be on Tucker Carlson. No, this guy is going to appear on the Twitter show that Tucker Carlson hosts. How's that? Is that better? Uh, Much. Yeah. And he's, um, well, let me just, here, here he is. You're just a guy who's in town for the night, and it sounds like you're looking to party. Yeah. Pulled up in a bar outside, and there's this guy that's introduced to me as Barack Obama. I had given Barack $250 to pay for Coke. I start putting a line on a CD tray to snort, and next thing I know, he's got a little pipe and he's smoking. So I just started rubbing my hand along his thigh to see where it was going, and it went the direction I had intended it to go. Even though you had sex with him twice, you did cook with him, watched him smoke crack twice. You had no idea who he was. I had no idea who he was. You just asked the obvious question, what was Obama like on crack? Um, is, is it your sense that that's who Obama is, just transactional, or that he's bisexual, or like, what is this? It definitely wasn't Barack's first time, and I would almost be willing to bet you it wasn't as long. The guy's Whoa. running for president, and credible information comes out that he's smoking crack and having sex with dudes. That seems like a story. Well, it would be a story if the media really cared about telling people the truth. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Woo. Uh, that's a good way to wake up in the morning. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> it's just a regular run-of-the-mill Wednesday in America. Can re? Can is it possible mm. to rewind my life and delete the past five minutes? Is that possible? Is that something that's out there? Is that Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind? Is that a documentary? Can uh, we, wait, we could. Because I, I mean, be very soon, I have a feeling in knowing they less will. about this story. Can I know less about it? Well, here's why this story is important. OK, mm-hmm. and there's only one reason this is important, uh, because I don't care about anybody's lifestyle. Um, I do think it's interesting that the first black president, now some are saying the first gay president, um, but they don't know about Polk, uh, <laughs> is uh, is Barack Obama. He came out against all of this stuff. OK, the the press, all they had to do was investigate. Now, there were so many things going on at the time. The Jeremiah Wright thing, I thought, was much more um, important. I don't know if we knew about the crack thing, but the gay sex we knew. Um, we didn't or We know. didn't know. I mean, we know a, yeah. this guy said it. Right. And that's why we never reported it. It was one source. Now, with the letter, that looks pretty 
pretty, pretty, pretty bad. Pretty, pretty bad. Like, yeah, okay, it probably happened. Um, the reason why this is important is because times have changed so much. The press did not pursue this story. There was not one person in the press that decided on their own to pursue this story. If this story would have come out with the letter in 2007, would things have been different? Or would the press have said the same thing they said about Hunter Biden? I contend they would have done exactly the same thing they did with Hunter Biden. They would have claimed that this was not true. This is just a smear because he's black, blah, 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 blah. So has the media changed at all? Because they're still not reporting this. Now with the letter, they're still not reporting this. And again, this guy, he didn't have any credibility of me. I, I have no idea, you know, who he is. But the letter now gives this great weight. So they're doing the same thing. They're just ignoring this one, hoping that it will go away. And by doing so, half the nation knows something that the other half does not. By doing so, half the nation has information that the other side has no idea about, thus causing another fracture and balkanization. Because when you get together with somebody and you're having dinner, you know, Thanksgiving, and I hope this doesn't come, but if this comes up, you're going to have all the people uh, in your family say, there you go again, making stuff up. And being probably very, very upset about it. If I found out this about Donald Trump or anybody else, I would want to know it. I would want to know it. But they don't even get the ability to decide. The same thing is happening now with the government. You may not be able to decide if you can vote for Barack Obama or sorry, Donald Trump or not. Because they know better. For the people who claim democracy is so important, they're trying everything they can to eliminate Donald Trump from the ballot, including telling states to remove him from the ballot, uh, trying to get him uh, under the 14th Amendment, which does not apply here, uh, trying to put him in jail. Any of these things just so you cannot vote for who you want to vote for. If that's Barack Obama, if, gosh, if that is Donald Trump, then it's Donald Trump. But trust the American people, but they don't. This should tell you everything you need to know about progressives and everything you need to know about the media, which are progressives. They don't think you're smart enough. They want to be the arbiter of the information that you get. Look at the CDC. I have no problem with the, C with the uh, CDC. I don't like the way it was done, but I have no problem with drug companies trying to come up with a vaccine. I have no problem. What I have a problem with is they didn't even live by their own rules. 
Okay, so that would make me say, I'm not going to take this until other people have taken this. I want to see because that, that's this is first time ever this has been done. I don't think I'm going to take it. My problem is not with people who decided to take it or the people that were offering it. My problem was being forced. My problem was we know better than you. My problem was the FDA saying, you can't use these other options. Who the hell are you to tell my doctor? Who are you to tell my doctor that I can't take drugs that have been on the market for 100 years? Who are you? You know better than my personal doctor? How dare you? You should feel about Fauci and everybody else the same way you feel about Fauci and all those who tried to jam this down your throat and make you into a monster. You should feel the same way about the press. Because the press is also making all of your decisions by excluding information we, we have numbers, research come, has come out that shows 15% of the people that voted for Joe Biden, had they known about the, uh, the Hunter Biden laptop, had they been told about it, had they not been told that it was a Russian op, would have changed their vote and not voted for Joe Biden. Okay. They made the decision for you. You didn't need to know that information. There's one thing about. There's one thing about people. Not reporting because you have one source. I didn't report this story. It would come up and I would dismiss it. If it ever come up on the air, I would say there's enough with Jeremiah Wright. No need to go into that rumor. We don't know if that's true. It's another thing when you have physical evidence. The press's job is to look at everyone with equal eyes, but they don't anymore. If you're running, I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. If you're running and there's information out there, I don't want to hear all of the rumors and, and innuendos. But these large organizations have the people to do the research. They have the people to go and the resources to go and investigate. Thank God now the right has the resources. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program. Steve, investigative uh, journalist, Blaze Media contributor Steve Baker joins us now. Welcome. Thanks, Glenn. It's good, good to be here. Yeah, good. Uh, first time we've met. Absolutely. So uh, I've never met anybody that was charged with racketeering. Have I? He looks dangerous. He does. He, does. he looks mm-hmm. like a racketeer. Sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> you were. They actually said they were going to come after you because you have the January had the access to the January sixth footage, right? Well, this uh, original assault on my freedom uh, no other way to 
characterize it, happened two years ago. I was there at the Capitol. I was there covering it as a journalist that day. I did what every other journalist would do that had a camera and a microphone and a tripod. I wandered around and followed the story where the story went. The story went into the building and myself and between 80 and 100 other journalists also followed the story into the building. Uh, Those independent journalists who have been jacked up legally obviously did not file their stories the next day with the right you know, media outlet. Mm. And then, of course, those who did, none of them have faced any uh, criminal penalties or investigation whatsoever. So uh, fast forward eight months from then, I got the call from the uh, the FBI. I asked them, what took you so long? And then a couple of months later, they did the interview with me. A month after that, and this was November of 21, they actually notified my attorney that I was going to be charged within the week, quote unquote, and that one of those charges was going to be for interstate racketeering. Now, not a single other January 6th defendant of any type has ever even been threatened with racketeering in so this whole how, dragnet. <laughs> how, how, how do they, what, based on what? Well, the only thing that we were able to surmise, and this was a, uh, an educated guess, was because during my FBI interview, uh, they asked me what I had done with my videos. And I said, well, I did what everybody else uh, does. I licensed my videos. Uh, my videos have been used uh, by HBO for their documentary, New York oh Times for their documentary, gosh. such and such and such. And, and the, the, the FBI agent went, how, mu- how much did you make? And I looked at my attorney and I said, I don't have to answer that question to I said no. And next thing I know, my attorney gets an actual U.S. code violation number that they were going to charge me with. And it was, in fact, a interstate racketeering felony charge with a potential prison sentence of 20 years. So now you didn't hear anything from 21 until recently. Yeah, they 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 went silent. We immediately launched a, a better lack of a better way to put it, a media offensive. I sent out over 200 press releases right after we were notified that I was going to be charged within the week, quote unquote. And I, I think we successfully backed them off. At least they took my file and put it on the bottom. Mm. Uh, this particular uh, assistant U.S. attorney did anyway. And so we didn't hear the, from them again for over 20 months. And then a month ago, we get a subpoena and what does it say what do you have to do i had to bring i had to turn over all of my videos that i had taken that day and the interesting thing about that is and of course we had several not only my attorneys but other experts look at the subpoena and said they said oh yes this is about you because if they were if they were bringing you in the grand jury was bringing you in they would have subpoenaed you directly to testify in somebody else's case but because they didn't bring you in and they they are Asking but for, for your evidence, your evidence, mm-hmm. it's about you. And of course, a jury, a, a grand jury, is not convened for misdemeanor charges. How does that feel? Uh, I have good days and bad days. I, I mean, obviously, it's not it's not anything I want to go through. I pray every day, Lord, let this cup pass from me. But then, on the good days, I'm ready to fight whatever it is. It is. Absolutely incredible what's going on. We were just talking about the ADL and their fight with Elon Musk. But we know that's coordinated from the left, or we have you know great suspicion uh, that that's all a, a coordinated attack. Look at, you know, we've said, if they can do this to Donald Trump, they'll do this to anybody. Well, they're now doing exactly the same thing to Elon Musk. I'll show you the man 
go find the crime. Uh, and and here you are just a journalist, regular guy. But did you get uh, did you get the call from, you know, I, I don't even know the the Proud Boys and the Hoods or whoever it was that organized this whole thing? No, this is what makes a interstate racketeering charge uh, ridiculous on its face is that requires collusion, coordination, basically a conspiracy with others in order to initiate some sort of racketeering plan. And the reality is, is that by myself, I crossed a state line from North Carolina into Virginia into D.C. to uh, do nothing more than document an event that was taking place. And and quite frankly, I'm not and have never been a Trump supporter. So this is mm. interesting, on, again, on another level. And so when that happened and we got this particular charge, the only thing I could think of is who are they going to connect me to? I've never been in contact with a Proud Boy or an Oath Keeper or anything of that type in my life. Now, once the trials started and I started covering the trials and covering sure. January 6th events, I've, I've talked to quite a few of them. How many people are in jail still without a trial? I don't know that number. Uh, it is. Uh, it's not as big as we maybe think it was. There, they have. They five have, would be. Yeah, outrageous. it's too many. But there's more than that. There's. There's. They've arrested over 1,100 now. They. They are obviously ramping up now because they got that huge new uh, uh, funding boost in the last omnibus bill back in that 1.7 trillion dollar omnibus, omnibus bill omnibus bill last year and then as a result of that they have the funding now that they believe they can go after another 2,000 people 1,200 to 2,000 people holy cow and yet the ones who cut down one of the fences we showed this video last week cut one of the fences was there we have his face the guy up on the tower we have his face uh, the pipe bombers. Nobody seems to care about those guys in in uh, the Department of of uh, Justice. Nobody nobody seems to be even. They they've never posted their faces on the most wanted list. We've asked questions, obviously, about all of those. We've we've done our own investigations. Uh, some of us have run our own uh, facial recognition software. Obviously, they have better facial recognition software at, yeah. at the Department of Justice and the right. FBI. And and we've also seen many of these characters using their phones while on the Capitol campus. So mm-hmm. they are really proud to roll out as evidence in these trials this geofencing software mm-hmm. that they have, and they can track people down. And they're really proud to roll that out. But when we point out the clear facial uh, high definition photography of an individual and using their phones. And then we ask why they don't know who it is. Oh, well, yeah, we, we don't know. We just, we just, we don't, we just don't know. Okay. So Henry Enrique Tario yesterday, former chairman of the proud boys sentenced to 22 years in prison, 22 years. Tell me this case. He has a, a checkered background. You start there. He's been in trouble with the law mm-hmm. uh, a couple of times before. He's actually done time in federal prison for a, another conspiracy charge. Uh, I forget the exact details of the case, but it was some sort of medical device rebranding that he was doing that they had it was stolen goods, and they he, he got jacked up for okay, that. Okay, but not against the government. But not against the government. Okay. And it was a federal charge, and he did spend time in federal prison. And then he became an informant after that, and he actually began informing on other criminals in the circles that he ran in. And then as a result of that, uh, he was considered by many of the people, even in the Proud Boys, first of all, they didn't think he would ever be arrested. 
for this. They thought that probably he was a CHS himself, confidential mm-hmm. human source for the FBI or some government agency. So there was always that conspiracy and always that mm-hmm. suspicion about him leading up to this. And then he was arrested. And then it was the suspicion was, well, they'll never go through with it or he'll somehow get out on it, get out of it. And of course, now after the the conviction and the sentencing, the conspiracy still <laughs> persists because they say, okay, well, he'll, he'll get sent to some, uh, you know, white collar uh, country club uh, facility and so be out in a couple of years. With in reason, um, he probably was not a confidential human source on this. Then I don't think he was. I yeah. think I think that in this particular case, he did. In fact, uh, he escalated very quickly because he didn't join the Proud Boys till just I think 2017, 18, something like that. Wow. He escalated in leadership very quickly, and then once he reached the top uh, and took over the reins of it, he was he was a uh, uh, you know he was an active voice as. A lot of these people who are being convicted, they're being convicted for their scary words. A lot of those words are rather um, founding fatherish. Uh, mm-hmm. They're very revolutionary type mm-hmm. words that we've heard and read and seen before. And some of us use the use that language. And so a lot of these people are being much more severely punished for their words than for their deeds because obviously he did not tear down any fencing that day he did not participate in violence that day he wasn't in dc that day at all so the only thing that they were able to convict him of was his scary words and ultimately the conspiracy of having planned the event but the fbi never was ever able to produce actual evidence of a written or verbal plan of of a conspiracy to attack, assault, take down the Capitol, stop the electoral um, uh, ratification. And that was the same exact thing that they did in the uh, Oath Keepers trials. These guys were convicted of seditious conspiracy, but it was a, what they called an implied conspiracy. It was a thought crime. It was not (laughs) an explicit conspiracy. So there's no text from Enrique Tarrio saying, hey, this is the day. This is when we're going to do this. Like, you guys should go into the Capitol. We need to stop this vote from happening with any, any, at any Any expense. Any means There's Uh, nothing like that? Largely what he was convicted for was not what he did in advance. It's what he said afterwards. Something to the effect, hey, you know, I'm proud of you guys. We did this. You know, good job. That that kind of stuff. Mm. So there, there's a lot more uh, evidence that could be construed. And particularly, let's be honest, a D.C. jury is not hard to convince. Oh, yeah. Right. We, and and I, can, I can talk a week about just that alone, having sat through these trials myself or some of them. And as a result of that, the uh, uh, and some of these words that he used, I think it was easier to connect him to an implicit uh, plan uh, than, than it was for the Oath Keepers because they had nothing. I sat there every single day for nine weeks in that trial, watched it up close and personal, and the prosecution, the government, was losing that case. Two two weeks into that trial, they were getting their butts handed to them by the defense because every single FBI agent, seven or nine of them, testified under cross-examination that they had never seen a written or verbal so evidence. what the hell happened? Well, they switched gear, the, the government switched gears and they went from the explicit their effort to convince the jury of an explicit crime, an, an explicit conspiracy, to they literally switched gears and then started the process of going for the implicit, the implied conspiracy, and literally saying in the trial that it was hatched in the moment on the steps, 
at the Capitol that day because I had nothing, no planning in advance whatsoever. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. More and more Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Credit card debt is skyrocketing, as is the APR. It's your finance. When you have a low um, interest rate on any mortgage, that's why you are, you know, lock them down. Um, the reason why people lose their houses and everything else, if they haven't locked down their interest rate, is when interest rate goes up, so does your bill. And you know this. It's your credit card. If you are if you're using your credit card now, chances are that you are paying north of 20 percent interest. I mean, that's almost loan shark kind of stuff. We're getting into really bad interest rates that you'll have a very hard time paying off. So why is the interest rate on your credit card going up? Well, a couple of reasons. Um. One, I think the credit card companies are, uh, especially with big purchases, they do not want to be holding the bag. Uh, I have a, um, and I only tell you this story because I think it is a marker in time, okay? And we'll show you where we are. I have the American Express black card. I've had it forever. It's the Centurion card. I've had it for, what, 25 years, too? I built the blaze on that credit card, okay? Everything we bought was on my black card. We have spent millions of dollars as a company on that black card, okay? And it has to be paid off every month. I've never missed a payment, never had a problem, and literally, I built the blaze on that credit card. Almost every piece of equipment, every camera, everything, was put on that credit card for two decades. I go and I try to buy something uh, in, um, what are you looking at? Two Stuart? decades? The place hasn't been around for two decades, has it? God, am I that old? No, but I've had it for two decades. Okay. So, so, but you when built we were big building, parts of the company. Yeah, and, and yeah. when we were building the studios in New York City and everything else. I'm sorry, okay. you, you make me feel old. Okay, sorry. Uh, so I was in London and we put our London trip on it. Now, the thing with a black card is there's no spending limit. Okay. You can spend. Now they say that about every American Express. There's no preset spending limit, yeah. but that's not true, that's not true. for me and, 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 and the average person. And, uh, they may call and say, Hey, is this you? <laughs> Did yeah. Did you just put a Ferrari I, on the card? Uh, yeah. yeah I, they'll, they'll call you for certain things. I'm I sure. just bought a control room. Yes, it's me. <laughs> right. Okay. So, but they don't, they don't do it. They don't do anything. So I put my London trip on my credit card. It's a normal vacation. Normal vacation. I went and bought something in London and they uh, let me, they they took it. And then I went to go get an extra suitcase because, you know, we were bringing gifts home and stuff like that. And my credit card was denied. And we call American Express and we're like, we're trying to spend like $200 and you're rejecting our card. Well, you've, you've spent a lot. Y- yes. Yes, we have. We, we went on vacation. We we're staying at a nice hotel and yes, we've had nice dinners out and we've spent a lot. Well, it's getting a little high. 
I said, have you <laughs> look at your computer? Have you seen I bought whole control rooms and everything else on this credit card? Yes. Have you also noticed I have an A plus rating? I've never missed a payment. Yes. So why are you calling me now rejecting the $200 suitcase? Well, you'll have to make uh, some sort of a payment. Okay, so wait a minute. I have this card because I can put everything on it, and it's not a problem. But now, because I'm trying to buy a $200 suitcase, you want me to make a payment with my bank with a six-hour time difference, and I'm in London. Not real convenient. Well, you'll have to make a payment. Okay, so my wife, how much? They told us, transferred the funds. Done. Then it's rejected again. Now I'm I'm standing in line at this stupid suitcase store, just <laughs> like this is ridiculous, and uh, it's rejected again. The next lady says, "No, you have to pay it all off." I said, "Wait a minute, hang on just a second. What kind of crappy ass credit card company are you, where I put it on a credit card, I'm away for two weeks." The payment date hasn't even come through and you want me to pay it off halfway through the month. Are you out of your mind? Why do I have this credit card? Why don't I just go electronically transfer money to the hotel and everything else? Well, it's just, you know, we just it's a little concerning. Are you kidding me? Now, here's the thing. This is why I say this. I believe that the credit card companies don't want to be holding the bag. I believe they're jacking up the rates. They're, they're uh, also uh, limiting things because they don't want to be sitting there if something goes wrong and they're holding the bag for it. I, I, that's the only explanation I can come up with. It was, I've never seen anything like that from American Express. And then you add on the information that these rates are going up for everybody. For everybody. And, and it's, it it's going to sense. get much worse. So, you've, so you have the interest rates. Now, why are the interest rates going up? The interest rates are going up because of the Fed. If I hear one more person say, oh, you know what? I think the Fed's doing a good job. Are you out of your mind? They're now playing firefighter to their own arsony. Our arsonist moves. What was arson? Arson. Yeah, they were the arsonists. They set fire to everything. And now they come in a truck and you're like, oh, thank goodness they're here. And what they're doing is trying to uh, make it so you don't have money to spend. You don't have a job. Because the, the government is spending $2 trillion in credit. Okay, you think your credit card's bad? $2 trillion on credit. Okay, so you can't rein in inflation because somebody who's a bigger spender than Elon Musk is is racking up a bill on our government credit cards every year of $2 trillion. And no bank is calling them and saying, hey, hey, hang on just a second. Hang on. Can you, before you buy that set of luggage, can you make a payment on this? Nobody's calling the government. 
The banks are enabling this. The rich are getting richer. The reason why they say, everybody on TV, you know, the economy is doing fine. No, it's not. Have you been to a grocery store? Have you bought eggs and milk? Have you been to the gas station? Standing there, what was it, Saturday, and I look at $100 to fill my car, and I'm like, are you kidding me? And everything is fine? Do you know who's getting rich on gas right now? You know, we, we punished uh, we punished the uh, the Russians, right? Because they, they have to have this money. Really? Do you know why oil is now surging right now? The reason why oil is surging, the reason one of the reasons why you're paying more for gasoline is because the Russians cut back on their supply. So the Russians are not producing as much as they were intentionally driving the price of oil up the saudis have joined them in that now if i'm a country that i depend on oil and i gotta sell my oil or i'm gonna be bankrupt i don't cut back on the supply i sell as much as i possibly can especially if saudi arabia is going to do that great let them come down drive it up to 110 dollars a barrel and then I'll I'll come in and I'll I'll sell it for ninety five or a hundred dollars a barrel. Nope. Our our petroleum reserve is now at the lowest level since nineteen eighty three. So we don't have the ability to just release a whole bunch of oil. At the meantime, we are going into electric cars. Electric cars. Electric cars where we don't have the cobalt. That's in Africa. But Africa already has those mines and those, those pits purchased by China. China has the rest of it. We are doing things to our own country to kill our own economy. Trump just came out and said the auto industry will collapse because of these electric vehicles. They are doubling down on the number of vehicles, but the price is unreasonable. The price is not something, oh, you know, do you see Tesla? Tesla just came out with, uh, you know, their cars and they're, they're reducing them 25,000. Oh, so everybody can go out and buy a $75,000 car. Oh, okay. Okay, well, problem solved. It's also now creating a problem with any environmental benefit that was supposed to come. Uh, new research shows that uh, electric vehicles become eco-friendly after somewhere between 30 and 70,000 miles. Now, sometimes it's even higher than that, but somewhere between 30 and 70,000 miles is like the break-even point if you care about whatever benefit they're supposed to give. The problem, though, is that these subsidies are encouraging people to turn over and buy new cars faster. So they're now buying the car before they even get to the break-even point. So these families are buying electric vehicles that are environmentalists thinking they're helping, 
buying new ones thinking they're helping even more and actually they're even worse than the fossil fuel car that they left. Stu, what was the what was the car of the dictator? Do you remember there was that little teeny car that was made? It wasn't the Zill. Yeah. It was made in the Soviet Union, and now they're everywhere because they made the body yeah. out of something that will not degrade and cannot be reused. Okay, I can't do you remember, remember the name that. Of it. I know what I'm talking the story about. Story that we yeah. watched a documentary or something. Yeah, yeah, about yeah. yeah. Um, and it's it's this crazy thing. I think that's what we're going to be with with cars, electric cars, electric cars. Mm. because once the battery is out, what are you going to do? You're going to you're going to spend almost the same amount on a battery to replace all the batteries as you would on a new car. No, you're going to buy a new car if you can afford a new car. Mm -hmm. What happens to all of those batteries? What happens to them? Where, Where do they go? I mean, there's just. There is no thinking at all. We're going to do a chalkboard tonight. You will understand the economy, hopefully, in ways you have never understood it before. You don't want to miss it. Tonight, 9 p.m., Blaze TV.